This week on the Habs Born, the uh, Canadians just lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, not going to lie, we're not always as excited to talk about the Canadians when it's immediately after a loss to the bitter rivals. But uh, we are here for you guys to talk about it, to talk through it. So uh, not the result you want, obviously. It's unfortunate, coming off an amazing, one of the most exciting wins of the year against Edmonton with Stahl scoring in overtime. So we're good. We'll, still, we'll talk about that game too, you know, put, sprinkle in a little bit of a joy with, uh, with the VAD. But uh, aside from that, injuries starting to pile up, prices out. It's not really clear for how long, but Gallagher done for the rest of the season. I mean, you know he'll be back for the playoffs. I truly believe that. I mean, he'll 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 play with a broken arm if he if he needs to. And uh, that's pretty much it. The Gallagher t- injury though does mean he's on long-term IR until the playoffs. There's some cap space. Trade deadline's coming up. Rumors are coming up. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit too, but first let's uh hear Dustin who our sponsor is. So the Habs Forum, of course, still brought to you by Manscaped.com, the new Lawnmower 3.0 and Weed Whacker. Definitely check them out, guys, and use promo code HabsForum for 20% off your purchase and get free shipping. All right, so make sure to check that out. Like you said, promo code HabsForum, very similar to our Twitter handle, at the HabsForum. Send us your questions there. We're going to answer some questions at the end of the episode also, as uh, as always. So let's get right to it. Like I said, we're recording this at right after the 3-2 loss against the Leafs. Leafs. And I don't know about you, but, the, the well, first of all, I mean, the Leafs scored immediately. Uh, and it dominated pretty much uh, right out of the gate in the first. Uh, I wasn't Even in the second one, they were doing better. I, I really wasn't feeling a win today at all, at all. No, definitely. I mean, the the first goal, like, and you know, in in, in our text, uh, you know, we message each other during the game with uh, with one of our friends. I mean, as soon as they let in that goal, I was like, oh, it's going to be a long night. Yeah. Because I mean, when I saw, as honest, I mean, that goal was not a good goal by let it, that Jake Allen let in there. No, definitely not. You know, he, he he didn't seem really ready patient. at the beginning of the game. He almost seemed. I mean, they were talking about it on the RDS podcast. I mean, uh, Mark Denny, obviously a former NHL goaltender, so. His insights always welcome when it comes to the goalie. He almost seemed nervous, and you ask yourself, why would Jake Allen be nervous? Well, if he's in a situation where Price is going to miss a few games in a row, it's a bit—it's definitely more pressure on his shoulders, right? He's not just the backup of one of the best goaltenders uh, in the world. He's now the guy that needs to take over for that for that player, right? So maybe a bit of jitters at the beginning of the game for Allen, because not, not only that goal, like he looked a little bit off in his net in general. I mean, he. He got it together after getting a making a few key saves, but he was looking iffy at first. Yeah, he really did. I mean, even that nice save that he made, uh, you know, the the glove save when he was on his ass. Uh, I mean, as a yeah. goalie, you should you should never be out no, exactly, your butt. Exactly. That's never it's, a good it's, like, it's one of those saves. Is it a nice save or is it a, a cool highlight real save that he really should never have been in that position to make that save? You know, you still <laughs> like to see, to see him not give up on the play, but it, it's not necessarily like you said. You shouldn't be sitting on your butt uh, trying to make a save in, 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 in the NHL. Uh, but, 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 but he saved it. Definitely not a textbook save, that's for no, sure. No, no, for sure. Especially when you're used to watching Carey Price for the last 10 years, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he definitely got off to a to a shaky start. But, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for Jake Allen tonight, the Canadians lose by – they lose by a touchdown, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean – and it, it was basically Jake Allen and Corey Perry is what helped the Canadians save face today. I mean, Corey Perry, what a freaking story. It's just, and he has such such a punchable face too, and he just know you'd hate if he was on the Leafs. I would despise him. Oh my and God. and <laughs> there there was that play today where uh, uh, Matthews got the penalty. Now of course the power play didn't do anything today, seemingly, so that didn't mean much. But it, it that was all Corey Perry getting in his face, just going for an innocent hit. But you could tell a, a guy like Matthews, the one thing. Uh, with him, and it's the same thing with uh, with McDavid. We saw it on uh, on Monday. These stars. You can get them off their game. These these two top stars in the Canadian division, if you hit them a lot, if you bug them a lot, you can get them off their game. I mean, Matthews still scored and had uh, had an assist on, on, on the game winner. So, it, I mean, it wasn't completely off his game. But he attracted a penalty by going high in parry for, for no good reason. Like So, especially with, with Gallagher out, that, that gives even more value to parry. Plus, he, get, he pots in two goals today. I mean... The, the the brightest spot for today's game was for sure Corey Perry. I mean, he makes it fun to watch the games too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and and what a bargain. I mean, yeah. for uh, for whatever 
I think it's 750,000. I mean, that's crazy. So obviously losing Gallagher, huge, huge piece. I mean, you know, has been the spark plug of the Canadians for the last how many years, you know, but, uh, and and yeah, I mean, you knew Corey Perry was going to have to be one of those guys that was going to step up because he kind of plays sort of a similar role, obviously not as good as Gallagher is at at this point of his career, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, playing that, being that pest, drawing those penalties like he did tonight and i mean to chip in two goals like that i mean fantastic and like you said i mean there wasn't really too many bright spots tonight aside really from Allen and, and obviously Corey perry and the, but, the uh, thing the thing about gallagher here now i don't think we're in full panic mode and uh as habs fans we hate seeing gallagher injured of course his hand again it sucks i mean even outside of just what how it affects the canadians we just we all love galley and it just sucks to see him go through this again. I mean, it just keeps happening to him, the same getting hit by shots. And it's just like, you got to respect that despite the fact that it keeps happening to him, he keeps going to the front of the net and keeps putting himself in the position where it can, it can happen. And that, that's what makes him such a great hockey player. But I mean, at some point, it's got to be really disheartening for the guy. And the thing is, on we, we've said for a long time, as far as injuries go, I mean, we can't afford to lose Price. We used to say we can't afford to use uh, Shea Weber. I mean, some might argue we can't afford to lose Jeff Petrie. Now, the way that the North Division is shaping up right now, it would take a monumental collapse for the Canadians to miss the playoffs. I think the top four teams are the top four teams. We're basically playing for seeding, which is not to be understated. I mean, finishing in, in second or third would be a huge upgrade over fourth and having to face the Leafs in the for, first round. But so the loss of Gallagher is not that big and it clears cap space and all that. But let's – I would argue that Gallagher is the most – number one most important piece on this team. And, I mean, sure, he's not the top-line center. He's not the goaltender. He's not, like, the, 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 the top defenseman. But we have – players that can replace these other top guys on the lineup. No one can replace what Gallagher brings to this team. And on, on a game like today, especially against the Toronto Maple Leafs, I genuinely believe that at some point in the third, when the team, it just, nothing was clicking, it wasn't working, and the Leafs are kind of dominated, he would have done everything he needed to, to be the spark for this team. And even if it's not scoring a goal, he would have gotten a bloody from the corner and yelled at the bench telling him to wake the fuck up. And, and it just, you see it time and time again, where Gallagher just kind of brings this energy to this team and the comebacks always start from him whether he's the one who scores or not I mean he really is as cheesy as it is to say in in sports the heart of this team and I I genuinely believe it's the worst piece to lose and I am extremely hopeful he'll be back for the playoffs because I I I, I think he'd play on a broken leg honestly uh and I I the timeline seems to say for the playoffs and all that but I really hope I'm right and because if he's not there for the playoffs I don't see this team making it very far at all without Gallagher in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you did, Gallagher is, ex, you know, this this is exactly the type of game, like you said. I mean, it's 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 made for Brendan Gallagher, especially in that third in the in the third period where I mean they looked flat the whole yep. third period. You know, he that's when he typically shines and scores that goal for the Canadians. Um, I mean, yeah, hopefully he's going to be back for the playoffs. But man, like you got this is the third time he's injured his hand. It's you know? a different hand though. Yeah, it's the, it's the not, first two times it was it was the okay yeah um but i mean that's still like a like a fractured thumb you got to figure that man that that could be like even even when he does come back like is he going to obviously he's going to play with the same grit and all that but is he going to have the same shot is he going to be able to you know handle well, the I puck? Mean, is- luckily for gallagher he doesn't sh- usually shoot from very far from the, <laughs> the front of the net so I mean, if you look at the, where he scores his, scores his goal, I think that that that's what kind of kind of saves him. I mean, at some point you, you think it's the, the thing I'm con- a little confused about the injury is am I crazy or there's a big difference between a fractured thumb and a broken thumb? Which one is it? I keep hearing both. Is it fractured or is it broken? Is there not a big difference? I'm not a doctor here, but I feel like there's a big difference between the two, and media people are just alternating between the two like they're the same thing. Really, I, I only saw fra- – I don't remember seeing broken. I, I saw fracture. I mean, they're both pretty similar, right? I mean, it's yeah. sort of the same thing, I guess. Uh, I'm not a doctor either. I don't know exactly what the – well, I and mean, I think a broken is like wor- a little bit worse. Yeah, it's I like guess. a full break, right? Like well, then it's like you'd think it takes longer to, to recover and all that. I mean, uh, what, what, whichever it is, they said six weeks – I think they said six weeks minimum. But, I mean, yeah. like I said, he'll play in the playoffs if he – like – 
the only kind of injuries that would keep him out are, are like a concussion, obviously, or like when he broke his jaw in the playoffs last year, obviously. Uh, it kind of it, it, it is what it is. But if he can just kind of wear some some extra protection on his uh, on the, under his gloves, I, I I really think he'll be there. But they they need him now. I, I'm curious to see how this team reacts the the the, the rest of the rest of the year because, like I said, I mean, it, luckily for the Canadians, well, Vancouver, it is what it is. I mean, there's. Even if they do manage to, to play out the rest of the season, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what type of team they're going to ice. They, they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs before this. They definitely don't have a chance to make the playoffs now. And the, the Calgary Flames, it's been a, a complete collapse. The coaching change was a huge failure. I mean, we, we talked about it when it happened. They kind of pulled the Montreal Canadiens thing, bringing back the old coach, and it's has not gone well for them at all. So, I mean, they're, the only chance Calgary has really – and I don't even know if mathematically they would still have a good chance, but there's still a lot of games between Calgary and Montreal to play. So of course, if Calgary runs the table against Montreal, it makes things a lot more interesting. But I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I would really love the Canadians to get some wins together and 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 use those games in hand on Winnipeg, and because the Canadians have Edmonton's number. If they yeah. can face Edmonton in the first round, that would be a huge, huge win. Because, I mean, l- let's talk about that that win on Monday. Now, that was a fun game. Like, first of all, it was a little frustrating because the problem with Montreal is they can't finish, right? That, that that's what happened in the second today, and that's what happened in the first on on, on Monday with Edmonton getting getting a late goal. But they continue to shut down McDavid, McDavid and Drysaddle even on the power play, and they get they get the comeback and then stall with the win in overtime, and it, it's just. Like watching down two nothing against Edmonton, I felt more confident and way more confident in Montreal's ability to come back than I did today against Toronto. Yeah, definitely. No, there was definitely a lot of positives in that game. I and mean, we, you know, we're not really going to talk about the game on Saturday. Obviously, a loss against Ottawa, six three. No positives really to take away from that game. But at least they did bounce back against yeah. Edmonton. You know, but but like you said, I mean, it was kind of, and I feel like we're, we 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 talk about this happening to the Canadians a lot, where you know they're outplaying the other team, they're getting a lot of shots, but these shots, they're a lot, they're most of them are from the perimeter, right in the chest, you know, basically making Mike Smith look good in that yeah. game for the for the first part of the game. But I mean, you know, when they were down two nothing, I'm like, well, here we go again, another loss, we're going to be uh, on a losing streak. But, you know, I mean, it's a couple of times now that they've come back from, you know, two goal, a two goal deficit. So, I mean, that's that's definitely a positive for sure. The fact that they were able to come back like that uh, and make a game of it, you know, despite being down two nothing after two. But uh, and then obviously the, the goal from Eric Stahl. I mean, imagine if the Bell Center was packed for that game <laughs> like the, it's. It would have it, been. It's so sad that it wasn't. Honestly, it's 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 really sad. And you think about last year, uh, basically exactly what we we got with uh, with Kovalchuk, where he got that. It was probably the highlight of last year. Uh, before, I mean, there was some great hockey in the bubble, but as far as the the horrible regular season we had last year, that overtime goal by Kovalchuk and how he jumped into this. I don't think Eric Stahl has the same kind of uh, Kovalchuk energy to just jump into the boards to to celebrate. But I mean, that would have been. Absolutely magical. And the thing is, is when we go get free agents, they often resign in Montreal. And I think a big part of that is because of that energy. And that's definitely a loss for the Canadians that you get these new guys coming in and they don't get to experience that. Like, imagine your first game as Eric Stahl and then you get to experience that cheer from the crowd and getting interviewed in center ice. And, and you can't even hear what the interviewer is asking you after the game because the crowd is going absolutely mental. It's really so sad that we didn't get to to get that. Yeah, it's it's definitely depressing. <laughs> I mean, well, hopefully, you know, we'll see fans at the Bell Center soon. But anyway, that's a, that's a talk for another day, I guess. But yeah, it, it is sad, and, and yeah, that's definitely a good point. You know, I mean, Eric Stahl potentially makes sense for the Canadians to come back next season. You know, especially, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Dano? But if he leaves, you know, Eric Stahl could definitely make a lot of sense there. That's a very good point, actually. Uh, that 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 if 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 Dano decides he wants to try to make more money elsewhere, but he can get Stall on a much cheaper contract, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Not that I think Stall can necessarily fill up the the the, the Dano uh, role. I mean, here's the thing about Dano: we've we've talked poorly about him, but 
he's he's definitely gotten better, but he still doesn't have that that finish. I mean, talk we, we just talked about like not being able to to capitalize on scoring opportunities. The play today, uh, I, I was was that in the second or the third? I think it might have been the third at the end of the game where Weber did the rush and then the yeah, three on two and then passes it to to Deno and and then he just shoots it right in the chest of the goalie. Like that looked like such an easy save, and you just need well, who is supposed to be one of your top centers to just have a bit more of an offensive flair than that i mean it, that just for that type of opportunity that was way too easy of a save on on jack campbell yeah no exactly i mean the jack campbell was fantastic tonight yeah, i mean you definitely can't take it away from him but but i mean there was definitely times where that you know they had some pretty decent scoring chances and and really didn't make him work for it no. so you know i mean no they, they definitely were missing finish tonight and yeah. I mean, a lot of the season, really, aside from maybe the first dozen games, you know, ever since there, then they have been uh, have been missing the finish. Well, here's the thing: Toronto makes me nervous, man. Like, I I know it's not it's not popular to to talk well about uh, the the Maple Leafs on a, on a Habs podcast of, of of all things, but they are not the terrible defensive team that they were in the past. I mean. They play first of all. Their defensemen in general are are much better this year with with uh, guys like T.J. Brody. Riley's always been a solid defenseman. They have Muzzin now, and and just as team defense, they play blocking a lot of shots and all that. And now, I mean, Freddie Anderson's never looked that great against the Montreal Canadiens. But if they found Jack Campbell, if you're not familiar, I know you're familiar with him. But if for anyone who's not familiar with Jack Campbell, he came into the NHL with a lot of promise, and he would not be the first goaltender who took a long time to to kind of develop into a starter. If they kind of found a, 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 like a diamond in the rough in, in Jack Campbell, that could be a huge game changer for the Leafs, and he's been phenomenal for them in, in the last I think ten games. This is not going to be an easy team to to get, and obviously all that matters is is, is come playoff time, especially for a team like like the Leafs, where that's where they faltered in the past. But yeah, this is not going to be an easy team to take out in the playoffs, not at all. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, just this season, <laughs> just got his tenth win of the season in ten games. Yeah, ten and zero goals against average of under one point five, and uh, save percentage is over nine forty. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, he's a guy that. T- took a long time to develop you know when he was drafted he was drafted uh, i think 11th overall in 2010 by the dallas stars didn't didn't seem to pan out but uh you know he never really got a chance in in dallas and then moved to la where he had some solid you know he he had definitely had some solid games i remember i think it was the home opener i remember uh went to go see the game uh, when he was playing with the Kings and they actually shut out the Canadians, I think in the home opener. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he definitely had some good moments. I was pretty surprised when actually LA traded him to Toronto, but uh, yeah, man, if he keeps this up, I, I, I still think Frederick Anderson's a pretty solid goaltender ha- has had his struggles this season, but that's a pretty, pretty solid one, two punch they got there. And like you said, I mean, their defense is definitely, you know, I mean, uh, people tend to shit on their defense a lot, but they're, they're really, I mean, they're improved quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously the the forward group is very top heavy, but you know, I mean, when you have talent like that, you know, Austin Matthews obviously and, has what like twenty goals this year. And now Galchenyuk not looking bad on the team, man. I, I man, it, it's it's frustrating because I'm I'm I, I can't help but still root for Galchenyuk, right? Because like we saw him get drafted, we saw some 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 flashes. He had some great seasons in, in Montreal, even though it fell off and. We all know there was potentially some off off ice issues with uh, uh, with him, but and now he's bounced from team to team to team, and he might have finally found the spot that's right for him because he has the offensive talent. If he's if he's playing on the line where he's the third best offensive player on that line, I mean he he can get some goals. Galchenyuk can get some goals, and uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, the, if they can add a piece to at, at the deadline. Let's not downplay that. Like for a long time, we were talking about what matters is making the playoffs in this division. I mean, at this point, we, we've we've almost pretty much made the playoffs. This, this team needs to try to make a push to to finish in uh in in second or third place to to not get the Leafs in the first round. I think I think that's 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 extremely important. Absolutely, and and you just know. I mean, the the trade deadline I believe is on Monday. Abs Toronto yeah. is definitely adding a piece or two. For sure. Literally, and, if you go into TSN trade bait, like their third trade bait is Toronto's top prospect. That's what it says. It's not a name. It just says Toronto's top prospects. <laughs> wow. 
yeah. So uh, yeah, they're definitely making some some big moves for sure. Um, I think Pal- Palmieri, who uh, Palmieri, whatever how you say his name, yep. who got traded during the game today, I think that was one of their top targets. So that's uh, good news for the Canadians that he ended up on uh, on uh, the Islanders instead. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He was mentioned as one of the uh, one of the targets for the Leafs, but uh, you know, I'm, there's going to be a lot of them. You know. I mean, I, I don't know about Taylor Hall, but, uh, you know, guys like Ekholm, you know, that's been linked to the Canadians, he would definitely make yeah. sense for Toronto. That, Mike Hoffman. Oh, Mike Hoffman, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, there's definitely, for sure, they're going to be adding at least a piece or two, if not maybe more. Uh, they're going to be a lot scarier probably after Monday. Um, so they're definitely going to be a tough team to beat in. And it de- definitely the f- difference between finishing fourth in this division and finishing, you know, third or second is definitely going to be huge. But, uh, man, I don't know. Hopefully the Leafs continue their history collapsing in the first no, Exactly. Uh, exactly. Nothing would make me happier. No, exactly. But at the same time, you talked about how, how depressed you get, uh, how you didn't even want to – before the podcast, you talked about how you almost didn't want to record this because you feel so depressed after losing one game against the Leafs. And I think a lot of Habs fans would agree with you. Now, how would you feel? Uh, after and and like let's not forget how many years we've been as a as a as a fan base. Every time there's a we see a Leafs fan, we just chant '67 in their face and all that. We've been pretty obnoxious about all this stuff, you know. <laughs> so you can't even blame the if there is a series. And look, obviously, I'm not saying I, I think the Habs would lose. I, I definitely think the Habs could beat them in a seven game series, but they could also lose. And it's not going to be fun if they do. It's not going to be fun at all. <laughs> Oh no, no, that's gonna be a nightmare. <laughs> uh, not looking. Anyway, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's it, it it would not be fun. Definitely, like you said. I mean, just losing one game pisses me off enough to to Toronto. And and uh, it's not just the fact that it, that it's at least in their solid. If you look at the two other teams, so Edmonton and Winnipeg are are pretty much interchangeable in the standings. Edmonton slightly above them. Um, but like the Canadians could still very much catch up to either of them, but one, they, then they'd be facing one of the two. And we talked, we just talked about against Edmonton, the Canadians are four and one. They just got that the comeback OT win. But aside from that, I mean, five one, three one, four nothing win. I mean, big wins against Edmonton, and they've shut down the the the, the power duo they have there in Edmonton. Not that I think the team. I mean, at some point, I mean, you'd think the team won't be able to shut them down, but it's 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 looking good as a matchup. And Winnipeg, even though the record's not as good, two one and three. I mean, two, three of the losses against Edmonton were in overtime or the shootout, which, I mean, there's no three-on-three three in the playoffs. And then two big wins, one 7-1 win against against Winnipeg. And now also they have Blake Wheeler, who's out for, for a while with uh, with a concussion. So these are two teams the Canadians match up very well against. So the the, the seeding in the playoffs, is, it means a lot coming up. I mean, I, and I'm hammering on the same point constantly, but the, this end of the season is, is, is crucial for the Canadians to, to they they need to use those games in hands to catch up the teams ahead of them. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've been talking about uh, oh, it's great. You know, the Canadians have a, have a bunch of games in hand, but obviously they have to do something. You yeah. know, losing against Ottawa and then losing against Toronto. Well, we're losing those games in hands at this point, and we're not getting any closer to the teams in front of us. So, uh, no, they got to turn it around. I mean, and, and uh, now tomorrow against Winnipeg, and Winnipeg is it hasn't played in a while now. If it, like I remember, like let me check their their schedule again. But they, they they were they were supposed to be playing against Vancouver this week, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Now, obviously, that hasn't happened. So. Uh, we're gonna play a very rested uh, Winnipeg uh, team if that if that's the case. Unless their schedule changed, let me check. Actually, I do think their schedule changed it a little bit. Although they didn't play today at the, at the very least, they played on Monday against uh, against Ottawa. So not as big as a of a break as as they were, as they were meant to be. That Ottawa game was added to the schedule. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a big game tomorrow. That's a big game tomorrow against uh, against Winnipeg, and then again against Winnipeg. On, on Saturday, the Canadians can make some huge ground in these two in the, these two games. Now, now what we haven't talked about yet, and what I'm curious if it's going to keep up, uh, obviously with Gallagher being injured, Kotkaniemi is who slotted in on the wing next to him. Uh, I don't think he would have been either of our choices. No, uh, no, definitely. Uh, oh, uh, so I guess I guess we could. Uh, this sort of touches on one of the Twitter questions that we got, and um, so I guess we could bring that up now. Um, so we got a Twitter question here from Etienne Ferland. So Etienne Ferland on uh, Twitter. Uh, I have no doubt that Duchamp has his reasons for using KK on the wing, but personally, I would put Suzuki in Galley's spot because he's a right shot and he's been struggling in the faceoff circle this season. 
your thoughts. Uh, and then we sort of had uh, had a follow up um, comment here from Kev. So at Kev fifteen eighty six on Twitter. Uh, Suzuki too similar in style to Tatar. KK brings something different to the line in puck pursuit and net fo- a net front presence. Uh, I too prefer KK at center and Suzuki on wing, but that requires overhaul of the lines. Wait for a stinker before that, and two other lines worked too well last game to dismantle them right now. Um, yeah, what do you think? I mean, this the, I tend to agree with Etienne, but the second uh, comment. Uh, he makes some fair points, not wanting to dismantle the lines. And I kind of, it's one game and that, like KK was kind of in, uh, in no man's land because they wanted to put stall at center. And he, he ended up once again at the center between, um, uh, between Lekkanen and, uh, and Byron. But the, the, the thing is, is uh, and KK, the, the line didn't show up too much today and he didn't look bad on, he was winning board battles and all that. And I had no doubts that KK would do well. And and also the one thing I don't agree with is the whole idea right handed left handed and all that. I, like Kautinami even said when he did play winger when he was younger he'd play on he prefer playing on the right side and and all that type of stuff. So I had no doubts KK would do well on the wing. He's been doing great this year in my opinion, progressing really well. But the thing is is let's not forget that this is still a team that we're trying to. The kids are still a few years from being really the elite contributors, and we need to develop them as they should. And Suzuki. And KK, if you think only one of them is going to develop into a top center, we've seen it this year. I think it's going to be Kotkaniemi just from the face-off alone. I mean, at some point, and it's just, just part of me just feels like Kotkaniemi needs to stay at center so he can keep developing as a top center that he can become. And Suzuki is just—he's been a bit, bit of a slump. He hasn't really had a few games in a row where it looks good. He's been terrible on the face-offs. Having a bit less responsibility playing on the wing might have been a might be a good good thing for him. For a few games, yeah, not permanently, just a few games. Yeah, that, that's sort of what I think. Well, I, I mean, personally, what I would do is I would put Stall on the wing. I mean, I think that mm. makes the most sense. You know, I'd, I'd have Suzuki and Kakinami both playing in center. Um, I mean, I, Suzuki, I, I can see why you would move him to the wing. Um, you know, because like you said, I mean, his faceoffs are just atrocious you can't have a set you can't have a center that's that's doing under 40 yeah. percent it abs- it doesn't make any sense now i think maybe the reason that he that uh sean was maybe hesitant to move him over i think suzuki has like four points in his last three games and like six in his last seven so he he has the last couple of games seemingly you know, he's, he seems seems to be a li- little bit more on track, and maybe that's why Duchamp didn't want to move him, move him over. But Kukinemi, man, like, I feel like since Duchamp is, 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 became the coach, like, he's really seeming – his progression is hitting a new level. Yeah. He's not necessarily getting the points, but he he, he seems more responsible defensively. He's He, he just seems to be becoming a better center. I mean, his face-offs have come, have come a long way. Yeah. So I, I don't know why you would want to break that up. I mean, and again, you know, we're, yes, the Canadians have a good team on paper. I mean, if we make the playoffs, who knows what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, we're not, you know, we're still a few ways, uh, still a few years away from being the best Canadian, you know, from when, when the kids are going to be a little bit older, that's yeah. when we're going to be in our best possible position. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't think you want to, you know, hurt the progression of Kaki and Suzuki for a, f- a couple more wins this season, potentially. So so then uh, what I would say is, that, like you said, I definitely don't disagree with Stahl on the wing and put Stahl on Suzuki's wing. And if Suzuki's having a bad day at the face-off circle, have Stahl take some of the face-offs. Exactly. Exactly. That That's that's exactly what they should have done, I think. I mean, uh, exactly. You have Suzuki or um, Stahl out, out there to take face-offs maybe every once in a while for him. You know, especially, you know, some of the more important face-offs. Stahl can take the face-off for him. And, and at the same time, you know, Suzuki, I mean, he's he's played very good at center. You know, he's he's had his ups and downs this season, but... You know, at the end of the day, I think he's going to be a center, uh, you know, for the for the Habs for the next uh, 10, 12 years, you know? So. Yeah. Now, I, I will say, I don't think it was worth, like, panicking. My first thought when I saw it was, like, ah, I, I would prefer Suzuki on the wing, but I was still, I will see how it goes. I mean, you had some people on, on have sort of freaking out about how it was a horrible decision. All like, let's calm down. 
the top right winger on the team, as far as if you're going to say the Denver Lions is the first line, just got injured, and we got to figure out what we're going to do with the Lions. And it's it's obviously you're going to you're going to try some some stuff out, and it might be a few games before you have the 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 right combinations in in place. So I'm I'm not upset with with trying KK on the wing, and like I said, I he he did, I did think he 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 did a pretty solid job today. Ice time was a little bit up, 15, uh, almost 16 minutes, and yeah, had he had his power play time again. So I mean, uh, you do you do like to see that. I mean, over it's hard to ju- judge from today's game though. Honestly, it just offensively, it doesn't feel like much. Even though in the second they had a lot of shots and all that, it not feel it doesn't feel like much is being created. And the thing though, like now I'm I'm thinking again, KK should be at center because he's been pretty much our top playmaker. He he's been pretty great at creating plays. You just, if you if you play with with the right wingers. But that's, he's not going to do that as much as if he's on the wing, obviously. So, I mean, I'm curious to see if he sticks with the same lines in tomorrow's game, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, they, they definitely, like, like you said, I mean, they, they got some shots, but I mean, they really weren't that threatening for the most part. They didn't really have that many great scoring chances. So, you know, I mean, it, he definitely has to do something to try, you know, juggle the lines a little bit to, to try and get a spark. Because really, I mean, a lot of the forwards were pretty invisible today, obviously, aside from Perry scoring the two goals. I mean, there there really wasn't a whole lot threatening going out there. So he's going to have to uh, have to shovel it around quick. I mean, especially like you said, I mean, two big games coming up against the Jets. They can't afford to lose these two games. Now, I mean, another twi- Twitter question I saw I saw what you had. I don't know if you want to pull it up. It was about who we're going to start tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So we got uh, so the other Twitter question we got was from Kevin Rogers. So at K.A. Rogers 77, who would you start in Nets on Thursday night against the Jets? Jake Allen back to back. Let Price rest until at least Saturday. Give Primo an NHL start or reward Charlie Lindgren for being on the taxi squad all year. Now, first of all, do, do we know if Price like have, have they even said if there's a chance Price is going to is going to play tomorrow or? No, I uh, well, I don't think he's playing tomorrow, but uh, uh, no, I don't believe there's been any time frame. I mean, I think he's still being evaluated, so I definitely would not expect him. You know, it sounds be- like it's been a lingering thing that uh, that 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 price. Had. The thing is, I never know about playing goalies back to back. I mean, it's not like he had a, Allen had had an easy game today, but it is. It, that's not at the same time like he got absolutely pestered with with shots, and it was a really difficult game, and it was. It's not like he's an everyday goaltender that now back to back games you want to give him a rest, right? Like he hadn't played in almost a week. I feel like he, like he can play him again tomorrow. I mean, I'm definitely not playing Charlie Lingren. I'll tell you that much. There's zero <laughs> chance I'm doing that. And not even just saying anything against Charlie Lingren. When's the last time Charlie Lingren, Lingren played a, a hockey game? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's that I think is the is the main thing. Well, first of all, I mean the Canadians are playing also on Saturday, um, mm-hmm. so that's three games in four nights. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't think Jake Allen is going to be playing those three games. Okay. So yeah. you're going to have to have a backup playing, presumably in either tomorrow or Saturday. I think probably makes the most sense tomorrow. Uh, now, obviously, like you said, I mean, Charlie Lindgren, he hasn't, who knows the last time he's played. Obviously, it was last season. He hasn't played this season. Um, so, I mean, I think Caden Primo, he got off to not necessarily the best start uh, this season, but the last couple of weeks, the last month or so, he's been really, really solid. So, I mean, obviously they called him up for a reason. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. You know, he, he was the backup today, if I'm not mistaken, and Charlie Lindgren is still on the taxi squad. So I think that's a pretty good omen that Caden uh, Primo is going to be the goalie tomorrow. And that's that's absolutely what I would do as well. And, and the, the thing with that, too, like to your point, is like what would be the point of even calling him up? I mean, if you're, if you, if, if you're not going to – if you're only going to play Jake Allen, then you just – you just have Lingwood as, as the backup, right? Like, well, what's even the point of calling him up in that case? So that, that's a good point, and, and I see I see what you mean. I mean, I, I, I think Allen would be okay playing back-to-back nights, but since it is three games and four nights, if you are going to play a backup in one of those nights, might as well be tomorrow. So then you play, uh, you play, um, you play Primo. So I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean that makes sense. Play play Primo tomorrow, and it's just in general in this condensed schedule, even not just goaltending, I'd like to see them plug in some more fresh legs on uh, although now there's injuries so it's not we don't have quite the same amount of depth that they have before but, you know put in pulling for, for a league for one of the players I mean Byron as much as I love him I used to love him I mean I still love him like as a person but just <laughs> I just I can't stand it anymore seeing him getting these opportunities coming off the wing he still has a bit of the speed but he just we talked about the team having no finish 
no one has less finish than Paul Byron. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think Joel Edmondson probably has more finish than Paul Byron at this point. I mean, he hit a post today, Edmondson. That was a good shot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, like Byron, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, obviously you're stuck with him at this point because of that contract. He did great but... against Edmonton though. He really did shut down. So like, like, let's talk about that, that overtime strategy that we on this podcast, and I've been very vocal about hating it. It worked against Edmonton. It, it they, they shut down. McDavid got his chance still and price made a save, but in general, Byron did a good job in, in shutting down McDavid in, in, in overtime. And not that, the, like, once again, there's no three-on-three overtime in the playoffs. Obviously, like, who cares at that point? But there is value to Byron in some situations. Uh, but I, I, like, I don't think he needs to be an everyday player at this point. No, exactly. Exactly. I mean, like you said, I mean, he's older, too, man. He's like, uh, I don't know, he's 32 or 33, I think. So, I mean, like, uh, he, he, and he obviously doesn't have the same legs that he had, you know, even a season or two ago. So I mean, definitely use the use the fresh guys. I mean, Lekkinen should definitely be playing every day in on top of Byron. I mean, Lekkinen, yeah. man, he was fantastic on yeah. the on the PK today. Yeah. And I mean, Frolik, I mean, whatever. Frolik's definitely not uh, not a great player. And not actually, great Jake, player Jake Evans. Let's not forget Jake Evans. Yeah, yeah, Jake Evans too, man. I mean, he he's a solid player as well. Um, you know, he had a great uh, great couple of well, who he had a great game the other. Two games there before Stahl came in. Um, yeah, the, so, I mean, the, the game just before Stahl could play, yeah. we were kind of making jokes about how he really doesn't want to get replaced by uh, by Stahl coming in. But actually, now I'm looking at it. I uh, Jake Evans played today, which makes sense because yeah, he played, yeah. was out. I did not notice Jake Evans. Well, I don't well, know. I, him once today. Well, he got the penalty. <laughs> the cost, <laughs> cost the five on three. Fair um, enough. But aside, yeah, that's aside true. Actually, now that you mentioned that strategy, I do remember that. Yeah, I hated that call, by the way. Oh, I hate when they God. do that. Like, I okay, maybe that is supposed to be a penalty, but if it's not a penalty, ninety-nine percent of the time, don't call it ever. Like, it's I'll either call it or don't, and then they call it to give the Canadians a five-on-three. Like, whatever. That's so annoying. It's so annoying. Uh, uh, it was so, it was uh, what a stupid call, and especially like like it should like I know it shouldn't be like this, but like especially when a team's already down five five-on-four. Like you're gonna I know, call and like penalty. like you said, it shouldn't be like this. But let's not kid ourselves; it is but like it is. this. So when it does go against you, and it's like like that's the the main issue I think everyone has with refereeing, whether it's every sport base, it's consistency. This it's just so inconsistent. So how are players supposed to know what they can and can't do when it just it just flip flops constantly during the game, and then it's 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 just it's just it's just so annoying. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it w- anyway, luckily it didn't cost us the game, you know, and, and they didn't end up scoring. I mean, the Canadians obviously lost anyway, but you know, luckily it wasn't a game-changing moment where it it very easily could have been. Yeah, but, nah, uh, nah, absolutely. But again, I mean, man, what a fantastic PK though. I mean, for as shitty the power pl- has the power play has been as, as of late, the PK tonight at least was. Fantastic. Well, here's the thing, though. The the Leafs uh, power play has been atrocious. Uh, the, the, they showed it on the RDS broadcast. They were like one for the last like 30. Like a, they had like a 3% average in, in recently, which is surprising, obviously, with their firepower. But not not to take anything away necessarily from the PK, but it, this is not a team that's confident on the power play right now. So it's 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 it's, it's to consider. But look, like you said before, Lycanen looked great. Please don't take Lekkanen out of the lineup again. Now that Gallagher is out, there's absolutely no excuse for Lekkanen to ever be out of the lineup. No, uh, he's he should always be on your fourth line. Yeah, for a hundred percent. But uh, anyway, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think with Gallagher, he he should uh, with Gallagher out, he should definitely be there uh, all the time. So let's talk about Gallagher being out again. The big. I mean, we don't want to say there's positives to it, but the the, the big the big struggle with the Canadians this year has been has been the cap space, and I think an aspect of the cap space that some fans don't quite understand that's that's been an, an issue for the Canadians is that they've been so tight against the cap that there's situations where they can't even call up players. Like right now, the team isn't like doesn't have a full 23 man roster going at, at any given time. There's constantly back and forth with the taxi squad and all that, and you can't even make call ups from the AHL unless there's an injury or something. Something because there's no cap space to bring that salary from the AHL to the NHL. So that Gallagher being out for the rest of the, 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 the regular season means that cap space is, is free. The Gallagher cap space is free, allowing call-ups. But everyone's talking about trades, too. Like, I don't think there's going to be another move from the Canadians. I really don't. 
But I think we might start seeing more call-ups and more more players that have been doing well in the AHL getting opportunities to to to, to play really. Yeah, yeah, definitely think we could see that. Uh, yeah, man, like, yeah, they're, they're so pressed up against the cap. Like, obviously, the, the, the Gallagher, Gallagher injury would, would help cap-wise, but uh, whoever the, the, the Canadian's capologist is, like, he is definitely earning his money. Yeah. <laughs> trying to sort out this this problem. But, um, yeah, I don't think they'll do anything. I mean, like, who could they really add that's going to put them over the top, really? Now, one move um, that I forget who suggested, I think it might have been Marco D'Amico mm-hmm. on Twitter, uh, suggested that possibly the Canadians could go out and get from uh, from St. Louis both Mike Hoffman and Vince Dunn in a trade for uh, for like Lekkinen and then obviously some pieces. It would make sense cap wise. The Canadian the the Blues have already been linked to. Uh, to our Arturi Lekkinen, you know he's sure. Lekkinen, you know st- still in RFA next year, so it could it could make sense for them. Canadians have been linked to Vince Dunn in the past. He's a left-handed defenseman that can that can move the puck for sure. And Mike Hoffman was linked to the Canadians in free agency, and you know he could make sense as a replacement, you know, on the in the top nine. Hoffman's cap hit right now is only four million, which is less than less than I I thought it would be. Uh, I get I guess he, he's one of those players that kind of only had a one year contract th- this year because of the reality of the cap and the offset. I mean I I do like that for sure. If 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 the price is right, right like he obviously like we've talked about loving Lekkinen, but if you can replace him with Mike Hoffman, that's huge. Vince Dunn, I mean. We've we've heard these rumors with him a lot. I mean, that would be a huge get for the Canadians because it's not just it, it makes sense too because it's not just for this year, right? He's an he's an RFA at the end of this year. Like he's not like I I don't quite understand why Vince Dunn is constantly rumored out of St. Louis. So like, why would St. Louis want to would want to get rid of him? I that's that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know, but he he definitely seems to be in trade rumors a lot. Yeah. Um why exactly? I don't know. I I mean I think maybe the I think they're dealing with their own sort of cap issues yeah. at this point. And they don't think uh, they'll I be able to pay him once he's like due for a new contract. Exactly. I don't I don't know who all their other defensemen are on the Blues, but uh I mean I think they have some guys that are that are ahead of him in the pecking order. Um so maybe maybe that's why, but I mean he'd definitely be a solid addition for the Canadians and I mean potentially you know i mean he could with the other options at left d potentially he slips into the top role they uh, have probably, marco scandella on their on their defense that's true who yeah marco is scandella. has a 3.2 million dollar contract yep with a no trade clause <laughs> what why did he his get agent. a no trade clause yeah man whoever his agent is props to him i mean it's a modified no trade clause but Still, I mean, even the cap, it seems a bit high for Marco Scandella. Like, am I misremembering Marco Scandella? He wasn't very good. Yeah, well, I mean, he was he was decent. I mean, obviously, he didn't play for the Canadians for very long. He was only here for maybe like a month or two months. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was decent. But, man, we got a good return for him. If I remember correctly, it was a a second-round pick and something else because they re-signed him. I think it might have been like a fourth-rounder or something. A second and fourth. On, to, on, like to, on top of Scandilla, they, they also have Falk, who's making 6.5, Krug, 6.5, Colton Pareko, 5.5. So they, they already have a lot of cap space tied up in, in, in defense. So that probably makes sense. And if they have Scandilla slotted uh, as, as the, the number four defenseman, then it's like, are you going to be able to afford Vince Dunn on, on, on a bottom pairing? So, I mean, hey, I, I, I would love that move. Like, I don't know exactly what would need to be added to, 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 to Lekkonen. I mean, would you move like a first pick? Is there is there a prospect like what what what's, what's the other pieces because obviously just Lekkonen's not getting you there. No, no, of course, but I think at this point, I mean, like the Canadians could should definitely be open to moving some of the picks that they have, I mean, especially with this this draft. I mean, obviously, okay, the Q is playing, but they're playing limited games. The WHL's barely started. The OHL doesn't even look like they're going to be playing. Yeah. It's really going to be a crapshoot this year. Yeah. So man, if there's if there's a year to trade picks, the Canadians have an abundance of them this year. They have an abundance of picks next year. They already have a, a, a shitload of prospects that they're the most a lot of them they're not going to be able to sign because you know they have limited contracts obviously. So uh, man, if if you know if if they want Lekkonen in and a first and a third, let's say, 
and let's let's do it for sure. And it seems like a buyer's market, uh, despite the fact that you would think that the picks wouldn't have as much value because of what you just said. Basically, like we're saying, uh, whatever, let's move the picks. So you'd think the other teams are saying, oh, well, like we don't really want picks that much because we don't know what they're worth. But you, you look first of all the, the stall trade for for the Canadians. I mean, they they barely gave anything to to get stall, and plus. Uh, the, the the Sabres retained salary, so it, w- it was an extremely cheap deal for the Canadians. And the trade today, where they didn't only get, the Islanders didn't only get uh, Palmieri, who was a great get for them, they also got Travis Zajac, I mean, who who maybe isn't, has slowed down a little bit in his NHL career, but still a very, very solid center uh, that that would, can can slot in and help any team in 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 the NHL, and it cost them a first, and I think it's a conditional third. I mean, sure, there's the first in there, but that doesn't seem like that steep of a price for those two players. If that's what the the the, the price is looking like for 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 like a package of players, I mean, let, let's make the move. And here's the thing about what I love about Vince Dunn is, like I said before, he's just an RFA. It's a move that's good for the Canadians. It's not just this year, but it's good for the Canadians next year and moving forward too. So it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. I mean, if if the Canadians can make that move, like I, I mean, I don't think the Canadians are going to make a move, but mm. I mean it, that that move would just be perfect. I, I, mean, I agree. It, I agree. It, I don't, I I think, don't think they'll do it either, time. but yeah. No, but I, uh, you know, I think at the same time it it also makes sense for the for the Blues. Yeah. You know, so so man, we'll we'll see. Um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. But Hoffman at the same time, you know, he's probably, you know, in the uh, in the Maple Leafs, you know, he's probably a target of the Leafs as well. So that's the thing. And and personally I'm more excited about Vince Dunn than Hoffman. Like I, I know Hoffman he can be a great goal scorer and all that. But I'm still more still in the in the mode of like this is not necessarily the year for the Canadians to to kind of sell the farm to 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 get to to make that that push to get that that rental. So I'm less interested in in a rental. Just a, a move for Vince Dunn is very interesting to me, whatever that pack, package may be. Because the thing with Hoffman is, especially with Palmieri being traded now, the ask price might get a bit higher and higher. I mean, you have Taylor Hall, obviously, too. That's uh, that's on the trading club. That's pretty much the two guys. Right after that, you got Nick Foligno. He's, I mean, not the, not the player he he used to be. I mean, he's still a solid player and all that. But you got to think, whoever doesn't get Taylor Hall might want to overpay for Hoffman. I don't think the Canadians are going to want to match that. But Vince Dunn is one that's really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, definitely be an interesting ed- addition to the Canadians. And I mean, it's it's a guy that we've talked about on the podcast before. It's a guy that a lot of people have talked about on Habs Twitter before that would make sense for the Habs. So, man, if he could uh, if he could make that move, definitely be a great move for the Canadians for this year and and definitely moving forward. But I mean, like you said, I, I if I had to bet, I would say the Canadians aren't going to make a make a move personally. Uh, I think I think Stahl was the move, and we talked about it all year. The move for the Canadians to make was to go kind of secure that. Uh, that center position and uh, that that's what uh, that's what it was essentially. Uh, w- were there any other uh, Twitter questions or was that uh, was that it? For today? Uh, no, that was basically uh, the Twitter questions that we got. Um, so I also posted uh, right after the game, you know, uh, so recording our post game reactions in a few minutes. Send us your comments on tonight's game. Uh, so we did get a few comments. Uh, so the first thing, well, <laughs> so we got from Blaine Putvey, uh, just fuck. And yeah, that was that's definitely my sentiments exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Just fuck to this game. Uh, after that, we got uh, from Randy Hansen at STJ Randy on Twitter. Uh, would have forwards for the love of God uh, run people over? These hitless games are going to kill me. And also, <laughs> sort of attached to that hockey for life, uh, tweeted, "You want success against Toronto? You have to hit them because they don't yeah. like it." Yeah, uh, that's 100 percent it. I mean, that's what the Habs did against McDavid and, and Drysdale. You know, they they were physical with them. They, you know, but tonight, man, like they it's, played so a, soft. That's a that's a good, and I feel like that the Leafs' strategy against Montreal last few games has been to kind of place a, a more of a boring game. They don't want to run and gun with us, even though they seem to have the most offensive firepower. They they kind of want to have like, and we have to hit them. That's just, and you saw it. Like the the guy that did hit today was Perry. He got the two goals. And he pissed off Matthews enough to 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 draw that uh, that, that that power play. I mean, it didn't end up 
he's scoring a goal on the power play, but and that that's for sure. There, there needs you, you, a guy that has been a little bit disappointed. He scored a few goals lately, but Anderson hasn't had had the the same kind of energy. Um, he seems to constantly have a little bit of small injuries here and there. Uh, I'm I'm starting to think he's one of those players that's never really a hundred percent. But when he is, the the when Dushan started coaching, he the first couple of games. I don't know if you remember, but he would start with uh, Anderson on the first line, even though it wasn't his line, just to have his energy to start the game. He hasn't had that same energy in the last few games. Yeah, he's such like a hot and cold player. Mm-hmm. Like he'll he either scores two goals or does absolutely nothing. Like he he's basically invisible. Yeah. Like or well, he he always has like one or two of those flashes, you know, uh, like uh, yeah. coming coming up the line uh, every game. But yeah, you know, you, you I mean, man, there's games where he's the, uh, by far the best player on the ice, and there's other games that we really don't notice him. Yeah, you, but, it's yeah. the thing you just don't notice him. I just want to see him throw the body around a little, a little bit more. Stop dropping the gloves. Not necessary. Oh, just wow. throw the body around. Throw Seriously. the body around. Seriously, like he should never be doing that. He's he's too valuable to the team. Yeah, 100%. you know, I mean, and, you know, you what? Uh, imagine if Sherrod's injury happened to Anderson. You know, we we'd be screwed. Yeah. Well, maybe not screwed, but I mean, it'd, it'd be pretty impactful for sure to lose Anderson. Uh, and then uh, we got another uh, the last sort of comment that we got here. So uh, uh, from Adam of the Habs Den on Twitter. Uh, Perry is the underrated signing of the year, and right. that is the understatement of the of the season. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. You, there's no argument. It's just, it just it still surprises me every time. It's just you notice him every game, even when he's just on the fourth line and there's not a lot of power plays. You, you still notice him, and now because of injuries, he's been moving up the the lineup a little bit. And at the beginning of the year, we kept saying, "Oh, he's good in, in this like limited role, just on the fourth line, not getting too many minutes and playing on the power play." But now he's getting more minutes, playing more important minutes on a higher line, and he scores two goals. So I don't know what's the limit for for Corey Perry. He seems like he's having a lot of fun too. You know, that's just what a, and it's just it's so fun to see Corey freaking Perry do so well for the Canadians. Uh, exactly. Yeah, no, like he, even, you know, he's he scored quite a few goals lately, but even before that, it's it's all about the little things that he does. Yeah. That he does. Even when he's on the fourth line, he's a big piece of the power play. Yeah. You know, he's always, always in front of the net, causing trouble for the goalie, causing trouble for the for the other team's defenders. And he's just a pain in the ass to play against like a Gallagher. You know, he's and we saw today where he drew the penalty. You know, he's he's just a pain to play against. He's going to get under the other team's skin. And uh, I mean, he just brings so much to this team. I mean, what a bargain! Like, and come playoff time, both him and Eric Stahl are going to play a huge role in playoff time. Abs- I, I'm absolutely convinced of it. That they, 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 these type of veteran players, they kind of find a second gear in the playoffs because they not only are they veteran players, they're both winners, right? Like we 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 grew up seeing them lift the Stanley Cup, and I, I think they're going to be. And the thing is, is even if it doesn't mean necessarily a deep playoff run let's let's not forget, like we've constantly talked about for this team there's still a lot of there's still some young players that were were wanting to progress like this team's really going to be the best it can be when Kutkin, Yemi and Suzuki are really the top two players on this team night in and night out and they if they really develop in the players they can be having guys like Stahl and Perry f- for them to learn from is huge for their development 100 percent no and I think we've already we already saw that from the beginning of the season when Kutkin, Yemi was playing with Perry you know, I th- I think that man, he he's gonna learn a lot from Perry, and I think and and that's you know we talked a bit earlier on the podcast that you know having Stall play with Suzuki would be a huge help to Suzuki as well. You know, so I I mean I th- I think that would be the line to make have Stall on the wing with Suzuki. You know, he he's just gonna learn so much from him, and yeah. you know he's he's only gonna be better. Yeah, I, I'd love to see I'd love to see Stall play at, at times with both. The, the young centers, both with Kotkaniemi and, and Suzuki. I mean, obviously, if he clicks with Suzuki, you leave him there. But it's just, it just, I just want them to learn from 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 that guy, like as as much as possible. I mean, you, you use him while you while you have him to to help the kids. I think I think it's, it's huge, honestly. I mean, it's only been a couple games uh, for Stall. Obviously, he had that huge uh, overtime uh, goal, but he had a few flashes today. Or you can tell he still he still has it, and he's a smart player. He obviously doesn't have the speed he used to have, but he can make things happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, he he definitely showed it tonight. And yeah, man, guys like that is, is you know, those veteran types that have won the cup before that, you know, have, I mean, not just the cup, you know, I mean, they won gold medals with Team Canada. Having yeah. those type of players on your team, you know, they make the young players better, but 
it's also those type of players that put you over the hump come playoff time. Yeah, I mean, speaking of gold medals, when uh, when the three stars for the last game against Edmonton was, uh, I forget the order, but I think it was Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, and Shea Weber. I was wondering if it was the three stars for the Montreal Canadiens or uh, Team Canada game from uh, 2000, uh, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, I mean, before before we finish off here, I mean, let, let's talk about the three game, three next games, a little bit of predictions. We already talked about how. Well, first of all, going on a home stand, which 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 is nice for the players. I mean, the fans aren't there, but it means less travel. But back-to-back games against Winnipeg, then another a rematch against Toronto. I mean, the, this team, it's the, tomorrow's game is going to be really tough for the Canadians on back-to-back nights. I think they fall tomorrow, unfortunately. I think they win on on Saturday, and I think they win again against uh, on Monday against Toronto. They're going to have a bit of a bounce-back game after a rough outing today. Uh, okay, I'm going to say they, they lose. Uh, so I'm going to agree with you on the first two games, but I say they're going to lose again to Toronto. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, they're going to – uh yeah they're gonna lose tomorrow with Caden Primo and Nets uh, I'm gonna say Caden Primo unfortunately I mean I don't want to say this but I say, I'm gonna say that he's going to show a little bit of uh of jitters tomorrow and they're they're gonna end up lose they're they're not gonna have a great game offensively either I'm gonna say they're gonna lose four to one tomorrow yeah uh, uh they're gonna win they're gonna have a Jake Allen's gonna have another great game on Saturday and uh and they're gonna win a close one uh we'll say two to one and in Toronto you know it's gonna be they're gonna they're gonna lose again. It's gonna be a, not as close as it was tonight. I'll say uh, I'll say three one. I mean, th- this is a huge stretch. These four games in a row against arguably the two best teams in in uh, in the division. So it's it's gonna go a long way. But then after that, I mean, we won't predict those games yet. It's Calgary, Calgary, Ottawa, Edmonton, Edmonton, Calgary, Calgary. They need to go on an absolute streak, winning streak there. I mean, Calgary has fallen apart. We have Edmonton's number. Ottawa. Please stop losing to Ottawa. I mean, uh, that's really that stretch, that two-week stretch, is really going to determine where they where they end up in the standing. So we'll see how how it goes. And hopefully, I mean, before we finish this, I think we need to mention Cole Caulfield at least once, even though he hasn't done anything since the last time we had a podcast because he, he's had picture day. I think that was all over Twitter. People were really excited about his <laughs> official uh, picture with the rocket. I mean, his first game is supposed to be. Friday, I think that uh, that Rocket. I hope the the servers for the online broadcast for the Rockets ready because they're gonna have more viewers than they've had all year for that. Maybe since the Rocket has existed. Uh, so I mean that uh, that that'll be a, a lot of fun. And what's really interesting is that uh, the Hobie Baker Award could very well, I think, will be announced if I'm not mistaken during the game on Friday. So Cole Caulfield might actually found out, find out that he won the award during the game while he's on the bench. Yeah, I mean, that would be another moment that, uh, you know, I'd, I I would have loved to be, well, I know we would have loved to have been there and, and oh. would love to see the fan reaction. Uh, I didn't you know, even think about field. that. We'd yeah. obviously be going to the game Friday. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that would be yeah. so much. Um, why did you even <laughs> mention that? That would have been so much fun. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh well. Way to end the podcast on a depressing note. Yeah, on a depressing note. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll uh, yeah, we'll get back there one day, but uh, yeah, definitely exciting, man. I, yeah. I I can't remember the last time I've even been this close to excited to see a prospect play for the Rocket. Uh, I don't know, maybe Paling, I guess. And, but, he, uh, and Paling has been doing better, which is which is exciting. But uh, yes, Paling, yeah, it wouldn't be you know, I definitely maybe down the stretch we'll see him again with the Canadians. I mean, I think probably the best thing to do is keep him with the Rocket right now. He's he's just playing so well, but. Uh, definitely come playoff time he's you'll definitely be one of those call-ups for well, sure see this is part of the reason why i'm not i wouldn't be against not even making a move just for the flexibility of being able to make these these call-ups and and one thing that's uh, worth noting here is the the, the rocket schedule is a bit weird because they, they, they they're playing four games in a, row, in a row against toronto but then so they're playing on the 9th the 10th the 15th and the 18th but then there's 12 days between games they play on sunday the 18th of april and they don't play again until the 30th of April in Belleville or wherever Belleville playing is playing with COVID. So it, it's that, that 12 game stretch, that's an opportunity, especially if there's still some guys down with injury and all that to call up the guys that deserve it. I mean, Paling deserves to have at least one game with how he's been doing. Reward the kid with send him back afterwards, but give him one game with the with the big club so he so he can kind of as as like a, like a reward for doing well. I mean, I'm sure everyone would love to see Caulfield get some some ice time. One of the defensemen that have been doing so well in uh, in uh, in Laval. I mean, I, I I if there's no moves to the trade deadline, I really hope in that stretch we see some of those guys getting called up and getting getting a game with the Canadians. 
Yeah, definitely, especially with the Canadians playing so many games at this point with yeah, a, exactly. in such a short period. Yeah, guys like Paling, that would make a lot of sense. Maybe Primo gets a start or two uh, yeah. after that. You know, Otto Liskinen, who's, who was called up on the taxi squad, definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him playing with the Canadians. Who knows? Maybe even Josh Brook, who's definitely taken some big steps this season. Yeah, yeah I mean, we could always use some help on right deep. A lot of positives from uh, Paling and Brook. I think two prospects that uh, I don't, I don't want to say people gave up on, but people were very, very down on. I mean, Brook, people were expecting the moon when he came over, and obviously that, that didn't pan out. So it's nice to see him starting to develop. And, and Paling, I mean, didn't even play in the bubble last year. So uh, it's it, there's, there's definitely a lot of positives in, in, in Laval this year. So that's that's something to be excited. And, of course, it's the year that there's not going to be playoffs uh, in, in the AHL. Yep, they were, uh, yeah, I mean, they they had won, uh, I think they went like 12, well, they lost the other, uh, last night, uh, yeah, it was last night they lost, and they, you know, they, they'd been on a streak, they were the top, top team in the AHL before that, so yeah, obviously the one year that, uh, the, yeah. that the Rocket are playing amazing, it would be this season, but uh, I mean, obviously they have a bright future, you know, with all the prospects uh, already there and coming. But uh, they'll be even more exciting to watch now with Cole Caulfield. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so a, lot, a lot of hockey to watch in the next uh, few days. I mean, so we'll definitely talk about how Cole Caulfield does uh, in uh, in the on on the next podcast. But yeah, I think that does it for today. Uh, so as always, uh, thank you for listening. Send you, send us your, your questions at the Have Forum on Twitter. Give us a follow. We'd love to answer the questions on uh, on the podcast, and uh, that does it. Thank you for listening.